It's showtime. Showtime. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to this week's episode of the Sultans of Smoke Cigar Cast. As always, make sure you guys are getting over and checking out our sponsor. Cigar Noise Weekly. 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 Welcome to the Sons of Smoke Cigar Cast, Drew, Mo. Yo. <laughs> Mookow Ritz. I'm bringing the bull with no delayed reaction. <laughs> Danny's joining us this week. Hey. Almost didn't because Drew doesn't want me here anymore. Uh, That wasn't what was said. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did join just to spite him because he didn't think you would. Yeah, now I, my kid has a broken leg, but I'm not going to take her to the hospital until after this just to spite you. Thank you, Danny. He has two. Facts. Yeah, he's, he's got another good one. <laughs> How's the week been for you guys? Icy. <laughs> Cold as fuck. Yeah, you're cutting that storm, right? Yep. I just sent you guys a video. There it goes. Yeah, it went through. Yeah, it's just crazy. Dude, we're getting. This is going to be ugly. This this podcast or? The, the... Well, that too, but no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I should be more specific. Uh, no, we're getting hammered with snow, man. We haven't seen snow like this in years. Like 10 years. <laughs> How much did you get? Uh, we probably got eight inches here where I'm at. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. What about the snow? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was I was overestimating that first figure by uh, <laughs> double. <laughs> they got three inches of snow. <laughs> eight, eight inches of snow, three inches is what they got. You guys got baskets. Yeah. We got, uh, yeah, we got, uh, yeah, about eight inches of snow here. The drifts are ridiculous, man. It's blowing all around. And I think to put things into perspective for people, like Tulsa would shut down with an inch of snow. Oh, yeah. That's that's really not a joke. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's like a national emergency. Uh, Texas is having... Uh, they're under a state of emergency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's like two and a half million people without power. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, we didn't get it quite as bad as they did. I mean, it's whatever, but I mean, you make fun of me for being in Florida, but my last snowstorm in Maryland was 37 inches, like the last big one. That's <laughs> a good reason to leave. Yeah. yeah 100%. Dude, what is up with you and these? Uh, What's that? We gotta, that we gotta talk about this later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's something with you. <laughs> no, but it's like it was like stuck uh, in the house too long. We were stuck in the house. We were stuck in the house three or four days, and we lost a, one of the cars for like a week. I mean, it was, it was wild. Lost it like you couldn't find it. No, like we could oh. not get to it because of the way they. Well, one, it <laughs> took them four or five days to get to plowing, and then they plowed it and in. Then they plowed, and then they plowed that car. Where it was locked in. Nice. So like, oh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing, man. Like the East Coast, you guys don't get as cold as the Midwest necessarily, but you guys get more snow and stuff. Well, you guys get that wind. The wind is what kills that Midwest. I mean, it's yeah. like, it's like, hey, it's ten degrees, but that wind chill is like yeah, negative, you know, twenty <laughs> degrees. But I mean. Like where I was in Maryland, I think we were like three hours from Pittsburgh, which gets really crazy windy too. So sometimes, right. every, every once in a while, but, but yeah. Kyle, are you guys getting hit hard? No, it's literally no different here today than yesterday. Um, oh, we, we, yeah. yeah, it's been under 10 degrees for like 10 days. Mm-hmm. So that changes tomorrow. So it's actually kind of good here. That sounds yeah. terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's been well, it's been awful, but Milwaukee it's gonna general. get good. We've probably been under ten degrees for three days, and it's fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, there were days where it didn't get above zero. If you were to add up the temperatures for 
each of our three places for the entire week, I don't think they would match what Danny's was today. No. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, I had a hot <laughs> 75 right now. <laughs> Got a little pretty on some socks. No, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Turn the heat on. Whoa, dude, no, relax. Man. I got kids, I gotta save money. Yeah. <laughs> Don't touch that thermostat. <laughs> Turning into that, Dad. Are you for real, though? Uh, no, no, I'm not. But I get cold. I think I get like colder easier than my kids do. So I'm like 75, and they're like, Dad, it's fucking hot in here. I'm like, No, it's not. Shut up. <laughs> Well, Daniel, do you do you have to keep in terms like the warehouse and stuff? Do you have to do anything in terms of humidification? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, just because you you want the consistency. I mean, here the the humidity could swing ten percent, you know, any given time. So, right, uh, yeah, for sure. Right. Uh, but but not as not as much, right? Like mm-hmm. if I. Uh, um, if I went a few days without humidification, I mean, they'd be fine. Mm-hmm. It, um, but then open air, like, I, like you know, the Coronas and stuff down here don't have humidors. You know, like, there's a lot of lounges here that don't have humidors. Mm-hmm. They don't have humidification pushing, but they don't necessarily have a problem keeping that shit in. Gotcha. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. Try that and here. Th- Everything would be dry. And I bring <laughs> yeah. that up because we had somebody ask, you know, we had G Fizzle ask about some humidification stuff the other day, and I guess I never took it into consideration enough, I should say. Um, when people ask us humidification questions, that's a really geographically specific question. Oh, for sure. You know, and sometimes we give blanket answers, and I think we need to rethink that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's just like, well, you know, the, the answer is, what do you like your cigars at? Do you like a little right. dryer? Um, and get a hydrometer. See where you're at. Right. But then it depends where you're going to smoke it, too, and what the humidity of that place is. <laughs> right. Because if you smoke, like, right now, if I go outside and smoke, the humidity is, is nothing, right? All the water in the air is frozen. Um, so it's a... It's a different smoking experience than the middle of summer, not just because of the temperature. Like the cigar burns differently. The, right. like, the, the whole experience is different. It tastes, I think it probably tastes different too from the ones that I've smoked in the winter versus the summer. And the real difference there is the humidity. Can you guys hear that water right now? Yeah. Uh-huh. Are you on your yacht? <laughs> no, it's raining. Why would I be on my yacht? Why wouldn't you be on your yacht? <laughs> with, with your boy Tom Brady. Yeah. My boy. Did that goat on a boat catch on? Apparently not. I that was great. I I thought, I thought it was really great. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe it was sometimes memes are too good, you know what I'm saying? No. Uh, no. <laughs> not really. Yeah, but Does I, that yeah, I love it. I think just maybe it's uh, it's a little uh, that joke is a little old, so it didn't work. That kind of thing I think is fair enough. Did you guys <laughs> throw the the trophy back and forth on your yacht? Uh, no, I was on the one behind it. <laughs> <laughs> you were in the rowboat. <laughs> Supposedly, that yacht that he was on, that boat that he was on, is his. Million dollars. I don't, I can't confirm that that's Tom Brady's boat. But... I read that he bought a yacht with PPP money. <laughs> 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 like, I'm really not kidding. That's the story. Really? Yeah. Man, that doesn't sound like something you would do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, think about it. You do, you do that with $2 million like that. Like, what, what you have to lose if you get caught. And your, and your wife is worth 150 million dollars. Like, well, you don't. 
Bro, the guy deflated footballs to win a Super Bowl. Man, fuck out of here. Probably won't. <laughs> Here's the headline. Tom Brady purchased a multi-million dollar boat after company received $960,000 PPP loan. <laughs> oh, so it didn't, it's not saying he used that money. What it's saying is he got that without needing yeah, it's saying that that, that money, it's the juxtaposition of those two things, right? Oh, I need a $960,000 loan to keep my company afloat. Also, I want this yacht. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I think it's safe to say that a lot of PPP money was diverted to personal use across the board. Yeah, 52% of small businesses got no loans even when they applied. And this guy worth $200 million <laughs> gets a million dollars in loans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's a problem. Yep. Man, that sounds like a Green Bay Packer fan if I've ever fucking heard one, man. <laughs> you know who didn't need a PPP loan? The Packers. Because the shareholders are the people. Because the people believe in the team. Uh, are there any other ceremonial bullshit type things throughout any other th- anything else that's similar to that? What do you mean? Like, like owning who, a share of the Packers? Yeah, like who really owns the Packers? The people. No. Like for real. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure I got an uncle that owns part of them. That's cool. Pretty sure? I mean, he's got like a piece of paper, like everybody else, that says that he bought a share of the Packers. They like legit sold shares. Can you like buy and sell those things? Like, do they fluctuate in value? I assume so. It's a piece of paper, I think, and it says that you're a shareholder. They have shareholder meetings, I think, that you go to go to the stadium <laughs> for. <laughs> Fill the whole stadium. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, yep. So I have right, a so, question for you. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Please, no, no, no. for the love if, of God, somebody it, else ask a question. Yeah, let's, Listen, let's if, get if out of this. Is, if yours is cigar related, because I, I think we've gotten some <laughs> feedback that maybe we don't talk enough about cigars anymore. What? So We don't talk about I, cigars enough anymore? Yeah, so what... If yours is cigar-related, let's go with that first. Yeah, I got like two cigar-related questions, so we'll get into those. Here's the first one. So I've seen a bunch of comments about this story on the internet where Oliva's owner has become a partner in CigarPage.com, which is an online cigar sales page. Mm -hmm. So I've seen some comments about how smart this was as a a way to diversify Oliva's business a little bit. Mm -hmm. I've seen other comments uh, about how it's backstabbing brick and mortar retailers and what the hell's wrong with these people. Okay. What What are the sides of this thing, and what do you guys think? You really don't want me to get started on this. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they do want you to. Yeah, that's, that's literally the feedback. That's the question. Um, first of all, speaking of retailers and speaking of we Danny you you're doing pre-orders for the release of the voyage right you want to tell people real quick in support of a brick and mortar uh yeah suncigar.com you can pre-order the launch event uh boxes you know we know that with covid still coming you know still lingering and being up in the northeast uh people you know still don't want to order so you can pre-order suncigar.com. You can't miss it when you get on that page. Look for Voyage. Appreciate it. Next. Okay. Hold on. That's S-O-N-S cigar.com, right? Suns. Yeah. Suns. Suns. Because you can spell Suns a couple of ways. That's actually correct. S-O-N-S cigar.com. What are the other ways? Yeah. S-U-N. What about? Well, right. What else? Kyle said there's. Yeah, a couple of different ways. There's two, S-O-N and S-U-N. I could have sworn you said a few different ways. I don't know what I said. It doesn't matter. So there's two ways. <laughs> you could probably add a couple extra N's in there. You could, you could, put, you could put a Z at the end, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of the F. 
Okay, so getting back to the Oliva thing, I, I don't know too much about Cigar Page. So you might have to fill me in a little bit more on that. But a consistent topic that we've talked about as smaller brands, um, and I don't want to bring anybody else into this, but I know that I've talked to guys that own you know smaller brands or mid-sized brands or whatever. And, and a lot of times, man, like, the bigger brands that get pushed in these stores, like in the brick and mortar level, um, the whole point, the appeal is you don't have to use, like really push them, right? So if you're talking about a Leva um, or Romeo or, you know, any of those types of brands, it doesn't really take much effort to sell those brands, if that means, you know what I'm saying? So small brands like a Patina, like a, a Voyage or, uh, you know, whatever other, uh, like a Dapper even. You know, I mean, even to a certain extent, brands like Room 101 or Tatawahe, where, you know, your average cigar consumer does not know these brands, right? Yeah, if you've never smoked a cigar, mm-hmm. you're not walking in and asking for that. You're asking for like a Macanudo or a Cohiba or something you've heard of. Correct. So though, any brand that really isn't, general or altatus or or even an oliva or something like that is really to a certain extent a hand sell brand if you think about it right if uh because the majority of consumers that are not like cigar nerds are never going to hear i mean brands that we think are no-brainers right illusioni tasawahe uh a foundation even drew estate people might know acid People might know Liga Number Nine, but they might still not know what Drew Estate is. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of that, but these are easy sells. So the retailer wants to keep them on the shelves, and in a lot of cases, those brands keep the lights on for for stores, even on the brick and mortar level, right? Okay. Those brands are also some of the most discounted online, right? And sometimes what the big brands will do is they will give deals to the retailers that allow them to compete with online pricing, right? So if if these big brands want to still empower the brick-and-mortar customer for them, right, They'll find a way to do that with through deals, if that makes sense. Now, whether the retailer passes that on to the consumer, that's a different question, right? But a lot of times, the bigger brands will give the brick and mortar a deal to be able to compete price-wise to a certain extent uh, with online. But either way, the majority of the time, the, uh, a customer, a consumer can go online and get a lot of those brands cheaper than they can at their local brick and mortar. So just to make a concrete example out of that, I'm curious. So let's say that there's like a five pack of cigars on one of these, you know, cigar bid or whatever. Sure. It's a $10 cigar in a brick and mortar. Right. I can buy it for maybe three or $4 a cigar on some of these deal pages if I hit the right time, right? Yeah. So how low can they go on the savings to the B&M at that point to make that possible? Like the B&M's not paying a buck 50 for the cigar that's $10 MSRP, are they? No. And again, it'll be good enough of a deal to get them in a in the same maybe realm. <laughs> not necessarily the same price, right? So maybe the B&M is paying the same price I am at that, that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. At a $10 MSRP, you're, you're paying less than that retailer. And, and you're not paying taxes also, right? So like, let's say that B&M is paying $5 wholesale plus tobacco mm-hmm. tax. Right. Um, plus the shipping to the store. Um, he's not paying 
five dollars a stick, he's he's over that, right? So mm-hmm. if you're getting them at three dollars a stick, you're already half the price of what the retail store is paying. So that's why it kind of drives you crazy, right? Um, I mean, yeah, I I have another perspective of of kind of the whole thing. It's like, I mean, Mo, I don't know if you're done. I'm sorry, but no, go ahead, man. So the thing with Cigar Page, I think I think that was the guy that started CI, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So he's using these connections that he's made over the years to to put in deep money, um, to get better pricing, and he's buying like, from what I heard. Obviously, I've never actually sat down with this guy. Um, and he's he's they're they're dumping money to get stuff at better pricing, mm-hmm. right? And he's using his connections to to be able to wholesale stuff from like from CI. For instance, exactly. I mean, I know for a fact they buy from CI wholesale or Meyer and Dutch, whatever it's called. Uh, um, and so it's a, it's almost, you know what it is, dude. For me, I've thought a few things. One of them is like this guy is probably looking to, you know, make a little bit of money off of it, or maybe by volume. But I feel like maybe the data collection of email address and all that stuff is actually worth as much as these three dollar cigars right it's like mm-hmm. how could you how could you you know sell a 20 uh 20 pack bundle for 60 bucks right it's like oh well, i got that guy's email address right and it's like oh okay and then i can dump shit on him later i i you know I mean, there has to be people now you know i know that there's a few people that sell directly to him but i i don't think any of these like smaller guys are but what they do is like they'll get the cooler brands, they'll buy that wholesale, they'll get the stuff that's popular online. They got these people that will share those prices to drive traffic to the website, and then you know get you with the, you know now Oliva, right? Like now you're those people are gonna get an email about how they're having a sale on Oliva, right? But the truth is like how many people are going online specifically to buy Oliva? Like I I don't know I I don't. I don't necessarily think they're, you know, that cool or that young for people to be like, oh, I'll just buy these Olivas online at the same rate that they would buy, let's say, like a Black Label or Foundation or Roma or Room 101. I think, you know, per capita maybe. But it's, uh, it definitely hurts, you know, the retailer and, and mm-hmm. even the manufacturer because, you know, hey, if I, if I do this launch event, and everything's going cool, and, and I sell to Famous, let's say, right? And Famous sells them, and, and they wouldn't do this, but Famous would wholesale them the voyage to the uh, cigar page, and the cigar page is flipping it for 4 to $5 a stick. How many of my guys are going to be like, dude, what the fuck? I'm like, bro, I, has, I don't know where he's getting it from. But that's, that could be, that, you know, I have people that would believe me. I'm like, okay, man, man, the guy's fucking doing it. And there'd be people like, dude, you probably did that for a cash grab. Right. They said, hey, you know, we'll buy a thousand sticks and and mm-hmm. you took the money. Uh, so it, yeah, man, it hurts, especially in high tech states, which no. I think all of you are in, right? So, yeah. yeah. But the, that's the thing, man. So, like, that's why a lot of you guys that listen to the podcast will hear us talk about our almost sometimes disbelief that retailers wouldn't want more of us in their humidor because really we're the guys that people like, okay, yeah, Katina's available online, but not on that level. Right. right? Like, and not only that, but, that's a brand or like you know a smaller brand like Katina or even you know some of the other boutique brands these allow your humidor to carry stuff that you could make margin on as a retailer and if you get people on them you're not having to worry about what's happening with all the discounting online for example as much right so like if if you're a small brand like Voyage or or Patina and you go into a and a retailer like they'll they'll ask you where are you available online because yep. they want to know if you're being discounted right yeah. but they don't care that Davidoff sells directly to consumer 
they don't care that they, you know, La Gloria Cubana, a guy can go online and get for the same price that they're buying wholesale for. So there is this massive, like, just double standard, too, that exists. That I well, that, that, Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. That kind of goes to my point. Right, yeah. The guy that's going to buy, let's I mean, Oliva, I guess, or the guy that's going to buy Cohiba Red Dot or the, mm-hmm. the guy that's going to buy those things isn't going online. Really. Well, I'd say that guy's online all the time because you can yeah, find bro. that stuff so cheap. Yeah, bro, those are your big... Cohiba Red Dot's like three bucks. Well, yeah. what I mean is... Well, okay, well, but there, here's the thing. Then that's <laughs> not your customer anyway. Oh, your B&M? Right. So the B&M, that guy... <sighs> That's buying Cohibas all the time online isn't his customer city's gonna work. What we what we need to worry about is the guys that are in the shop not going to the shop to buy online, right? Like if that guy's not your but customer, but that's happening customer, more and that more, bro. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm but saying. It, 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 do you think it's happening with brands like Cohiba and? Yes. I don't know. I mean, I yeah. don't see I dumps a lot of that stuff, right? But yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just think some of these old, you know, like Baccarat, right? Like, are there are there are there guys going out there buying JC Newman shit, or, or or you know stuff like that? I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Catalog sales are so big. Yeah. Yeah. No. Guys, a lot of times, man, guys will buy just enough to be able to actually like keep a membership at a lounge, or um, you know, they'll buy when they go into the lounge, but the majority of their purchases will be online if they smoke stuff that is heavily discounted. Like I knew guys that I don't want to throw them under the bus, but like, um, you know, there are guys that, yeah, fuck it. Okay. So like Jaime Garcia, for, for example, and the brick and mortars here, that's a $10 cigar. You can go online and get that cigar for like six or seven bucks if not even cheaper. So I knew guys that would go online and buy the Jaime's and buy just enough at the B&M to keep their membership. But that's where they were buying the majority of their cigars that they smoked. Hmm. And I would hear about this over and over and over. And you started to see, like, at least before COVID, this, like, constant battle. And I'm sure it's always existed, but I seem to become more aware of it. But, um... You know, brick and mortar retailers, you know, discussing that, man, I had to kick this guy out because he kept bringing cigars from outside. I've got this problem where people keep bringing cigars from outside. And you hear that, you were hearing that a lot more. Man, Cigar Page does have some cheap ass prices, though, and they got a lot of the brands. You know, what's funny is like those guys are also counting on podcasts, talking about them and complaining. And then Ooh, sure. we're going to have, like, you know, all, all eight listeners, like, oh, well, let's go check out Scarface. <laughs> right. I haven't looked at it in years until just now, and they have way more brands than they did before. And it is Ooh. cheap, so that is true. To be real, the only time I even look at it was because I would get screenshots from retailers. Like, dude, what the fuck? And I'd be like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they got Romacraft. <laughs> I'm like, I don't stuff them. I don't know what to tell you. Right. Yeah, real cheap Romacraft. And, and, dude, that's another thing. Like, we can't, for, for example, if we sell to a distributor or whatever, we can't always control what that distributor ends up doing with the cigars. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So. Well, you know, what's funny is um, I think it was Tad that, that was suspicious, and they, they, did, they were suspicious of certain retailers wholesaling to them so they they marked they they sent out no yeah they probably found another thing what? Drew, you're on it too. No, what? <laughs> no, whatever you just said, I didn't get any of that because I lost connection. Uh oh. Then I record then either. Uh no, because it didn't exist on the side of things. <laughs> <laughs> That's the universe trying not to bore our listen. No, they want to hear more about cigars. 
Yeah, we didn't get any of that, so. Somehow I either lost connection. No, I mean, just the last, like, uh, whatever Danny said. <laughs> oh. oh <laughs> no, no, no. Just whatever Danny said, just uh, the last 20 seconds. Oh, about Tatuaje, probably. I don't know what you said. I wasn't there either. Yeah, so that was it. All right, never mind. Are we recording again? Yeah, yeah, it's recording now. I just, I I lost connection with you guys. That's okay. Cool. But yeah, uh, don't check out Cigar Page or do whatever. (laughs) I don't really care, honestly. Uh, It's up to you. I just think it's an interesting question, right? And and I guess what does it mean for Oliva and their retailers? Does a retailer care that this happened? I have zero clue. That's not supposed to be a leading question. No, they're not going to care. It's too it's too easy to sell those cigars, man. And that's what it comes down to. Online, in the store, it's easy money for them. You know? I don't care how big you think... You know, whatever boutique brand that you love, that you think everybody absolutely knows about and everybody smokes, is a drop in the bucket compared to the recognition that brands like Oliva or uh, or Romeo or whatever all have. (laughs) Those literally take almost zero effort to sell. Right, and no matter how big you think a Tatawahe is or a Roma Craft or you know whatever, and they're not. Those brands take effort to sell. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think Pete was like two and a half million cigars a year, right? So it's like, and that's including mm-hmm. Europe. So it's like, it, it, they're not going to be in every shop. Mm-hmm. And just to put that in the perspective, Altadas will do that on a skew. Yeah, no, you're no, you're that's Altadis would do that in seconds, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, which which they then in turn sell for a buck a piece, right? So, yep. you know, they're gonna make a couple million dollars a year just in cigars that they, you know, can't sell. Yeah, cash money. Drew, do you ever go to those sites? Uh, no, never. I've never, uh, never even heard of it until you just mentioned it. <laughs> wow. We fucking lose it again. No, no. Okay. We're just quiet. Just <laughs> quiet. But it would take, it would take a monumental shift across the board. To change the way cigar, once they get into a retailer's hands, whether online or in the store, it would take a monumental shift to to change currently what it is. You would have to have a lot of hands on deck to make that happen. So... But man, the thing that I keep thinking about over and over again is how some of these shops manage to stay in business. It just baffles me, right? You've yeah. seen a bad cigar shop, and you're up against the internet where you can get shit super cheap. Mm-hmm. You're up against other cigar shops where they know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. You're up against uh, just everything, right? And you do mm-hmm. kind of a crappy job. How do they stay open? It just, I don't get it. I think about yeah. that sometimes when I see like uh, old beat up like mattress stores or used office furniture. Like, how much used office furniture could you be selling? That <laughs> you still have that building there. Like, what the fuck, right? Like, uh, it was where was it? I think it was like Maryland. I, I was in Maryland on on Rockville Pike or some some fucking road, and I promise you, I counted like eight or nine mattress stores in like a two mile drive. I'm like, how the fuck? 
you know, and I think about that in cigars too. It's like, man, all these, like, you know, Arizona, it's perfect. But I guess, I don't know. You're, you're actually really right, Kyle. I have no idea. Got to launder money somehow. Yeah, actually, mattress stores have pretty long history for being money laundering operations. Nice. <laughs> Whatever helps. Well, cigar it, shops, not so much, no. as far as I know, but, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they are. <laughs> you have to get the money in to be able to launder it. Yeah, furniture, la- uh, mattresses, all those. Mm. All right. Fair but, enough. I mean, listen, man, like, th- there has to be a change in a new paradigm in consumer approach to buying cigars as well. Right. I mean, is this up and coming generation? Are they as into those legacy brands as the previous generations? You know, is today's Romeo tomorrow's foundation? Patina. Yeah, Patina. I mean, well, we're a long way from that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, there may be a shift to where those brands could be the ones that that need the push because the consumer taste has changed. We don't know. We're definitely not there yet. But if retailers really wanted to flip the script, they would put more effort in pushing the brands that are not heavily discounted online, that are not as well-known. The ones that if they build it in their shop gives them something that a guy can't just walk in and be like, yeah, that's like $3 cheaper cigar online. I'm going to go online. And what doubly hurt was the pandemic has shown people that they can get, if they can't go to the lounge, they could find ways to still enjoy cigars. Mm-hmm. Right. So now that, that whole, you know, well, we have the lounge. Well, okay, but I've just spent the last year finding a different way to enjoy my cigars. Or they've been going to the lounge anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, that too, but, you know. Ice fishing tents. Yeah, Yeah, actually, yeah, you're seeing that in Chicago. Yeah. We just had a, was it Corey or Chris that had one? Chris. Who's that? Corey and Chris from Hot. Hot oh, Tick. yep. Mm-hmm. It's intense. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, there's already enough, like, kind of issues when a, a brick and mortar that has a decent online presence discounts a lot. Right. And it, just imagine a company that that's all they do. Well, and it's funny, right? Because so, so from things that I have heard from sources I will, will not name, um, you guys can tell me if this is true or not. Let's say that I have a cigar brand and a retailer decides to discount it more than they're supposed to. What doesn't happen is that other retailers talk to that retailer. What does happen is that the retailers come bug me to go fix the problem. Right. So now it's my problem that that guy's fucking around. Well, but the the manufacturer is really the only one that can do anything about it. Right. Unfortunately, the only answer is like, hey, cut it. Stop doing that or we're going to cut you off, which depending on the account, that's a really hard decision to make. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No matter what, you've got somebody pissed off, you know, too. So you can't win. Right. Because they're like, well. I mean, I understand you're mad at them, but that's a $50,000 account and you're a $5,000 account. You know, I love you, buddy, but, (laughs) but at the same time, it's, you know, you could, I mean, you know, if if you did that, then if, if every, that's a thing, everyone would have to do it, right? Like every, every manufacturer, every store would have to be like, Hey, 10% 10% MSR, or 10% mat pricing is all we're going to do max. And I mean, then the customer would have to go buy it. Right. But if you talk about that and then the customer's like, Oh, well, you're an asshole that wants us to always pay full MSRP. It's like, well, I kind of want to pay my fucking mortgage. 
my <laughs> I'm gonna pay my lease in, in my fucking warehouse and order buy more cigars. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think a lot of times people forget that that we're in this to make a living. You know? The Voyage is not a five oh one three C charity fucking organization. Neither is Patina. Or I'm sorry, Baracoa. You know what I mean? Like we're not in this. We're trying to make a living too, dude. And the amount of sacrifice that goes in, at least on my end personally, the things that I've cut out of my life, the things like whatever that I used to enjoy doing just to make a go of this. And then you have guys that like want to nickel and dine you on every single thing. Dude, it just can't. You know? Yeah. I mean, 100%. people got to be fair. And it can't always be us taking the shit. Like, help us out. Well, that's the thing. It's just like, there's this kind of misconception of like, hey, they're, you own a cigar company, you're rolling in money. Yeah, and that's our fault, by the way. That's the industry's fault. Yeah. I don't blame people for thinking that. Because, dude, you can just go on Instagram or Facebook and these guys look like, you know, they're living this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, some guys, are, some some of them are, right? But right, yeah, exactly. exactly. Chances, <laughs> chances are some of that money is not coming from the cigar industry. Correct. Okay. Yep. Now, look, I'm not complaining. You can make a decent living doing this. Sure. But it, it takes it takes a little, it takes a while, Hell and yeah. it takes it takes a lot of work while you're doing it. And you know, if you want to support us, don't fucking take our knees out. Yeah. I had this conversation with a couple reps too. I said, you know, they're in the same way. Everybody's looking at saving money right now. Right. Right. And so, you know, whether you're a, a big company that has a lot of overhead for salary for reps and all of a sudden the pandemic shows you that your sales aren't really going to drop that much even without these guys, you know, I'm looking at it like, fuck, if I'm one of those guys, right? Right. But regardless, as the smaller brands, we tend to be more loyal and more hands-on, man, in our approach. We're the guys that are going to come in and do the events with you. Some of the big guys do that pretty well. Most, most less so. Yeah. Yes. But the majority of the time, it's just a rep that's in the field. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I get what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. <clears throat> but, like, we'll actually come and stand next to our boxes and talk about them. Right. Yeah, and we we genuinely care, you know, of, of your feedback right then and there, mm-hmm. right? Where it's the reps like, oh, where you know, well, here they, I have 130 basins you can pick from. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and that, you know, look, I I was I was rep, so I get it, but it's like, you know, their loyalty will only go as far as. Their their job is like oh well this didn't work out okay I'll go sell X Y Z now right where well, it's like dude I'm doing this because I fucking love it right not, be- not because I need to pay my 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 rent or my mortgage right. so it's like I don't know there's just a big difference you know what's funny too is like sometimes you'll get that like kind of I've gotten like that condescending type of attitude from guys because. Oh. I'm kind of doing what they wish they were doing. Mm-hmm. And then there's that negativity in your side. Really, dude? Like, well, then why the fuck did you come here? Like, what What are you here for? Just fucking go, go, go. Start your own cigar. You can do it. I'm going to go do right. it. Right. Oh, yeah. You know what you're doing about it? So then why the fuck are you judging me? <laughs> dude, there was a rep in the Chicago area that was like that with me all the time. Mm. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that, dude. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're saying. Everybody, everybody thinks they could do it better. They would have done it a completely different way. But you know, yeah. what are you gonna do, man? The things that used to bother me in year one, I don't even register 
like at all anymore at this point. You know, just whatever, man. Because you will not last caring what other people like. You know, people have to say. You just won't. Everyone's gonna have an opinion. So, all right. Speaking of people having opinions, Judge Drew, do it. It's your time. Um. Uh, all right. So this, I saw this story on the news. I'm curious with with Valentine's Day here, just the other day. Uh, all right. So this guy who is apparently a musical artist named Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, he's dating actress Megan Fox, and he recently revealed that he wears a pendant around his neck that includes her Hello? blood on it. <laughs> Interesting. Romantic, creepy, something else, restraining order. Wait, what is that? Wait, where did she get him? I mean, it broke what? up on me. It broke up on me. What did she get? Oh, so he wears a pendant around his neck that has her blood either on it or in it. Oh. Yeah. And they're just dating? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. They're just dating? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking... Well, look, she's got to know about it, right? Everybody else Everybody else does. <laughs> she does now. <laughs> I assume she did before. I guess to each their own, but that's fucking weird. She, she must enjoy it. Machine Gun Kelly, what... Uh, he, uh... After Eminem, and now he's like pop music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, by the way, his album is pretty. If you like Blink 182, you'll like his new music. I did hear his one new song, and it was pretty cool, except for the fact that who was singing it. You know what I'm saying? I was like, (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to hear it from you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because honestly, when he went after Eminem, he didn't do a bad job. No, he he didn't. You just went after the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to see me taking shots at fucking General or Altadas, dude. <laughs> Wait, what happened? I missed something. Yeah. So there there was a battle between Machine Gun Kelly and Eminem. And and Machine Gun Kelly, I mean, Machine Gun Kelly hit him in the mouth. I mean, it was it was fairly it was fairly decent. Um but I mean, it's kind of like the analogy of us getting into the ring with Mike Tyson. I mean, you, you, you went after a guy that doesn't care to talk about your anything. Like he will literally murder you, um, on the you know through a microphone. And that's kind of exactly what happened. So now Machine Gun Kelly's like not even doing rap anymore. Hmm. Fair enough. He's been in a couple of movies. He's a terrible actor too. So it's just weird. Nothing more to it. That's just yeah. These come on. After our um, eating ass episode, <laughs> a little. A this little, seems weirder to a me. A little blood in a in a pendant. If look, if she didn't know about it, or let's say it was like his ex girlfriend or ex wife, definitely weird. Um, it's still weird, but. And and, and uh, slightly creepy. Guys, can I send you this picture? I'm going to send you this picture of this influencer. Do it. Where do you? Where this do you? This is going to be your junk. Where do <laughs> you uh, wish, buddy? Where do you get something made like that? Oh, dude, there's freaky, weird people all over. Oh wow, that's hilarious. So for our listeners that can't see, it is a pretty young girl smoking a very nice Padron with the caption, yeah, it's Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good picture until well, the caption. They, yeah. Technically, they are Cuban. Yeah. <laughs> the family. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Yeah. That is... Exactly the problem. <laughs> well, the best part, though, is you know Padron isn't paying for that or anything either. So it just doesn't make yeah. sense. I think, fortunately, she may work at a shop. Oh, what? I'm trying to figure this Interesting. Out. 
Dude. And you know, you know, the Padron's response different than ours is, yeah, whatever sells. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, if we sold one more box because yeah. somebody was kidding, then like, yeah. yeah, I mean, they, they clearly call out in all their packaging that they're you know, where they're from, all, all that stuff, right? It's, I don't know. <laughs> you can't be confused. That's so awesome. <laughs> that's no different than the uh the one cow sent to us the other day how much did i send the uh you gotta scroll through the stories to see the thing oh yeah that was fucking classic that was probably awesome gone by now Uh, oh. Anyway, yeah. trail, but that was funny. That's pretty good. I just don't get it. I think you used the wrong word, though, Danny. Hmm. You said you, you were going to send us a picture of an influencer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is what an influencer does today. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, sort of. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's not it's the wrong word. It's it's a person who gets likes on a picture. It's a very different thing than an influencer. Dude, I, there was there was somebody that posted a patina not long ago, um, female. And so I'm going through the comments, and there was absolutely fucking nothing about the cigar. It was all about her. <laughs> So if these brands are out there thinking like that somebody's doing something, no, they're not. Yeah. You didn't see the sales bump from that? No. I didn't. Usually it takes a couple. (laughs) (laughs) Takes some unrelated events. Yeah. Influencer lag. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. That's really funny. So I okay. So are we? Cow, did you get your questions out? Yeah, do it, man. All you. Uh, so this Drew. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna need you on this one too. Okay. So I recently got into a completely by accident debate. It was not meant to be a debate. It was me raising a question about the longevity of somebody's business model post-pandemic, okay? And that company is, have you guys heard of Peloton? Yeah, Yeah, with the bikes. Yeah. Okay, the iPad strapped to a bike. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) people are going to fucking hate me. Uh, But anyway, so my thing is, you know, everyone's been talking about how Peloton's going crazy and all these people are ordering these bikes and... You know, it's not about the bike itself. They're making money off the subscriptions. Great. Awesome. But that would be like being the only cigar shop in a 1,000-mile radius. Okay? And what I mean by that is they have the absolute optimal environment for their business model right now. Right? So... My thing is, okay, this thing is, you know, valued at this astronomical figure. Is it justified in a post-pandemic world? Are people going to, and this kind of goes into cigars too, in a way, in, in terms of consumer behavior and thinking, right? So, dude, I get, I get fucking blasted. I'm an idiot. I don't know anything. They're the new, you know, they're disruptive. You know, that's the big word now that people like to throw around. They're disrupting the fit, yeah, disrupting the fitness industry. It's the future. People aren't going to go back to gyms. They're not going to do this. They're not going to do that. I'm like, oh, okay, stupid motherfuckers. But anyway, so Drew, am I crazy in thinking as a person that that has been around the workout, seeing people that work out, the way people that consistently work out approach things? 
is it here to stay? Is this the new thing? Or, you know, or am I just fucking wrong? This should have been the Judge Drew topic. (laughs) (laughs) Judge Drew, too. Fuck. So this is actually really good. Me and my wife were just talking, not about this, but similar. Uh, Starting to go back to the gym. Um, Because working out at home fucking sucks. Thank you. (laughs) And um, it's just not as good. I mean, you can get up, you can get a workout in, but it's not the same thing. Uh, no. You know what I think this is for? Um, people that, people that just want to act like they do things. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, uh, like that influencer you just sent us. (laughs) Okay. But what about, there are more people that probably want to act like they work out than actually work out, aren't there? So, yeah, you know what's going to happen, though, is gyms will open back up. The real people will go back to working out, and they'll sell these bikes to all the people that just want to pretend to work out. Yes. Oh, it's going to be fucking hilarious. The only people that fucking think this is going to change the paradigm of working out are people that don't work out. Yeah. I tell you what. change the paradigm. They've had treadmills and bikes for... Ever. Oh no, Cal! This is different. Yeah, that's my, that's kind of where I was like waiting to go. This is different. Like, this is different. I don't think so. I think people make more money now, and they're going to buy the Peloton. They're going to install it. They're going to show their friends how cool it is. And <laughs> yes! it's gonna, but but I don't think that it's going to go away. I mean, you can still buy treadmills and bikes and Bowflex and oh, it won't go away. No. But Danny, no one's saying it's going away. No, no, no. no. It will. It will slow down. Yeah, drastically. But you know what's funny is I I also think that there's a ton of other companies that are going to be coming out with them. Yes. Four, yeah. Four or five, right? Thank you. So I'm not fucking crazy. Well, I mean, you you might but still be, but just because you're right doesn't mean you're not crazy. Well, yeah, but dude, I just can't believe like this tunnel vision that people have on shit, like where they think like they just live in the now too much. You know, like, dude, it's a pandemic. It's a stationary bike that allows you to work out. I mean, a lot of gyms are closed throughout the country still. (laughs) Whatever, man. You know what else was really hot during the pandemic? What's that? Tiger King. Is that still really around? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Dude couldn't even get a pardon. In about a year, if you want a uh, home gym, equipment's going to be cheap. So cheap. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, think about it like this. It's like, you're a cigar smoker. You like going to the lounge. You have found a way to still enjoy cigars. Right? And maybe you're smoking solo more. Maybe you're doing Zoom with friends or, you know, whatever. But ultimately, you're still going to want to go back to the lounge when it opens back up. Right? Yeah. So. Well, so counterpoint. Going to the gym actually sucks. For those of us who don't go to the gym with any frequency, I would rather work out at home. But Correct. You know what's also going to suck? You guys are also the least likely to continue working out. Yeah, but we're really likely to buy expensive shit. But yeah, you will, and then you'll sell it for cheap next year when you or you'll it'll just become a uh, laundry hanger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking clothes rack. But here's the thing, Cal. They don't. They're financing their bikes right now at zero percent for like thirty six months. They don't care about the bike. They care about subscriptions. Okay, oh, it's the subscriptions. They don't have to keep selling the bike. You stupid fuck. The people that are doing the subscriptions are the least likely to stay in it. <laughs> what are they going to be making fucking money from if people stop doing the subscriptions? So now they're going to have an expensive bike, and they're going to be giving the bike away for people that aren't going to subscribe anymore. I don't know. If I'm the guy that made that company, though, I still I made my money. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's, here's the other question. Why... Do you say working out at home sucks? 
Like if you literally got every machine that you use at the gym, energy, bro. Yeah, it's not the same. Energy. You can't just crank your music up and fucking be there because nah. uh, I know it's not the same. <laughs> bro, I don't say a fucking word to anybody at the gym, but it's the I just, energy I, of being around it. I hate the smell of the gym. Yes. They all smell I hate the same. That. It's like rubber and people. <laughs> rubber and sweat. Terrible carpeting. I mean, it's just like. Danny, not to be a dick, but I don't sure. think that that is a smell that you've come across too many times. I don't think you need to worry about it. <laughs> I've come across it enough times. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> There's a little chlorine in the air if they got a pool, but otherwise yeah. it's the same nasty ass smell. Yeah, but there's a charm to it. Is that oh, what okay. that's called? Yeah, yeah there's charm a charm. Character. If it could, if, if it could yeah, smell yeah. like a brand new pair of sneakers or something, that'd be dope. Oh, that. Okay, here's a question for you. Better smell, new car or new sneaker? Sneaker. Because it depends on the card, too. Depends true. on what country what country it comes from. That's true. Okay, so which countries have the better smelling cars then? I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. And I'm curious. Well, like, uh, <laughs> like uh, it depends on where they get the materials from. So, like, German cars will not use as, as much glue. Like, a German higher-end German car wouldn't necessarily use the same type of glue that, uh, let's say, a Japanese model or a Korean, like a Kia or, or whatever would use. And like when those things sit in the sun, the, the materials just smell different, and um, you know whatever. But and then the, you know leathers and all that stuff. But a brand new pair of like Jordans or dude that no do you? I shove my face in it when I get a new. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then everywhere thereafter. No, sometimes no. Like, if I, like if I have a brand new pair of sneakers and then like maybe I wore I haven't worn them much or I wear them like three times and I then I'm like okay you know it's been a month since I wore these I pull them out and I'm like man they still smell new I'm like I'll do it again. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Anyway. I still think, though, the, the best smell is, we, we talked about this last week, and Danny chimed in here, and when you walk into a cigar shop, bro, and you step into that humidor. Yeah. Uh, you know what I can pick up real quick if there's any mold, like, on the wood? Mm-hmm. I can smell that, like, instantly. Really? And it's like, it's almost like, you know, when a, like, a, like, I can smell mold on in a loaf of bread, let's say, like, mm-hmm. before even really developed and i'm like hey babe, you know i'll say hey babe can you smell this so you know it smells fine i'm like no it's it's going bad throw it out like i can smell it coming a mile away so well yeah humidor is, is pretty easy of course it's pretty awesome. it's and it's not even the cigars really it's like that wood it's that plastic it's the the boxes like it's all that kind of put together because a, a humidor doesn't smell anything like an aging room right and you know that's pretty much all just wooden cigars Tell you what, man, that is one of the most heavenly smells in the world. In Asian room? Yeah. It'll punch you in the mouth, though, right? Like, it, like, it oh, yeah. or even like a curing barn. No, if you guys haven't been in a curing barn, that doesn't smell like cigars or tobacco at all. No. It's, no, it's, it's ammonia. It's, mm-hmm. but there's still, again, going back to that, there's a charm to it. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is what that smells like. It, it's a reminder of something, you know? Yeah. So my so my point about the Peloton thing too is, in to come full circle back to cigars, I know that some brick and mortar retailers listen to our podcast, and I know some of them are struggling. You know, keep the chin up. People will come back. You know, as things normalize, man, people will always want that that lounge type experience. You know, and the podcast is great too. The lounge experience. Happy birthday to Amy. But um, in general, I think people enjoy that interaction, that, that there's just a different element to the enjoyment of a cigar in a lounge. 
Yeah. Right. Especially with the right crowd. So. What else we got? Danny's rain's back. Oh, can you hear it? Yeah. Dude, it's so fucking calming, though. <laughs> Putting me I gotta go shovel. Yeah? Shoveling some snow? Yeah. I think we've already probably got at least five inches. I, I shoveled earlier, and... uh I'm going to go back out. Shoveling the snow is fucking terrible. No, it's the worst. I'm surprised you don't have a, a snowblower. Uh, we did. And then it, I don't know what the fuck happened. But COVID. No, this, is, this is all by hand. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, I remember those days in Maryland. Put it this way. All right. Well, next week. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Better believe it. Have a good one. Yeah, I guess. See ya. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's uh, episode of the Sons of Smoke Cigar Cast. Make sure you guys are checking us out on Instagram, Facebook, uh, direct message us, um, email the Sons of Smoke at gmail.com if you got any questions, comments for the show. And we will catch you guys next week. Thanks. <laughs>